Hello and welcome to episode 88 of the Liverpool Comedy Improvcast with me, Ian Luke-Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI community and a place where we delve into all sorts of improv topics. And today, I am very happy to say that our guest is a wonderful human being. He's a fantastic improviser. He is George. Kind of like Madonna with just one name. Unless, of course, you follow him on social media where he is George of the Mountains. He was all over the online improv community during the pandemic and he is genuinely a really great improviser and a super guy and I am very happy that he was able to come on and do this show and you're all able to hear just how fantastic he is. Now, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and wherever else you get your podcasts. We're even available on Amazon Podcasts which means that you can ask Alexa to play the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and help get our name out there. And now it's time to go off script and find out George's true story about making stuff up. And please welcome this week's guest. It's George. Hello, Mabuhai. Uh, George here is in, uh, from Manila, Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... I feel like if anyone was doing any online improv during the pandemic era of of life, then they will have encountered George because I think you were taking pretty much every class, every drop in that was available. <laughs> I think, I think I've probably done improv, either taking class, classes or performing or watching shows every single hour of the day or of the night <laughs> there was not a, an hour in the 24 hours that is available that i was not doing improv <laughs> during especially during the height of the lockdown <laughs> uh so yeah so i encountered you a few times uh, during the pandemic online and then i had the pleasure of actually meeting you in person when i recently visited the philippines and you and jay and andy sort of were very welcoming to Seki and i and we we spent some fun time together and yeah i'm really excited just to to get to know you more in this chat and find out all about you and, and let the world know who is george and what makes you tick <laughs> well um who is george i am actually um i don't know how do you call it an improv fanatic an improv addict i, I started actually improv just in 2018 okay. the last quarter of 2018 um prior to that i didn't know anything about improv at all so, uh, so of course everyone knows that we've been doing improv even though we were kids but we didn't know that 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 was improv but for me in 2018 i was busy doing toastmasters are you familiar with that uh elaborate uh, tell us a bit more about that <laughs> it's um it's a, a way to develop your your public speaking skills so you join okay. this club it's a club there's a lot in different countries especially in the philippines so you have um you have ways to develop public speaking by doing impromptu speaking, by delivering um, prepared speeches, and so on and so forth. So I was busy doing that in 2018. And then some of my fellow Toastmasters invited me to watch a show um, in a hotel where some a group named Spit was performing. And Spit happened to be the premier improv group in the Philippines. 
And so I watched the show. I had no idea what improv was. And I just was, I was just amazed. I was just flabbergasted. I, I enjoyed it. I was laughing so hard. And I couldn't believe that they actually came up with the show with no script at all. They did short form and long form, but and there was a portion there where they had somebody from the audience do some sounds while they were doing a, mm-hmm. a scene. So I was that volunteer. My friends volunteered me. <laughs> so I enjoyed being part of that segment as well. So I said, after watching the show, I just said, I could actually do this. I felt comfortable on stage. I felt like um, it's exciting to do something like that, unscripted. Um, un- unplanned, but I didn't know the how. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then prior to that, I had no experience as well in theater whatsoever, <laughs> except <laughs> for one time I was in in high school. I, I participated in a in a an, an unofficial production of Miss Saigon in our school. It's unofficial because it it wasn't officially requested that we will perform it, so we just did it <laughs> on our own. <laughs> so, um. After watching that show, I, I, it's funny because Facebook has a as a way of of doing their ag- algorithm. So I suddenly saw some posts about improv, which I didn't see at all before, just because I watched that show. <laughs> and so I, I saw there was a teaser class, and I got interested, and I took that teaser class and never looked back. I took after that, I took level ones to five classes. Um, and um, I'm, I feel fortunate because the class that I participated in is the class that um, Gabe Mercado, one of um, the founders of Third World Improv in the Philippines, mm. thought. So from levels, levels one to five, it was a Gabe who, who taught us all throughout. Wow. It interests me because I've spoken with Jay Villanueva about his improv journey as well and just hearing the structure of the system there in the philippines it seems very much like an american style structure it's very different here in the uk um not so big into the sort of level one level two level three kind of stuff over here yes um go ahead uh so yeah i just want to ask what sort of stuff like is considered level one level two is short form and long form both included in the levels or, or are the level one of short form level one of long form for levels one to three that's sort of like um short form or scene work it's like a little bit of combination but uh like for level one for example it focuses on the joy of improv what it is able to to bring um, in terms of you as an improviser and the joy that you can bring to the audience. And then um, for level two, it focuses on, I hope I get remember it right, mm-hmm. like listening and collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> so more on more on teamwork. And then um, for level three, hmm, do I even remember it? It's um, character work for level three. Okay. And then level four, you are are um, uh, developed and trained to put up your own show. Wow! And how do you manage your team and organize a show and the logistics behind it? And then for level five, it's organic. It's it's Harold. 
being able to do Harold long form and being able to perform it. So for each level of classes, which takes about eight eight weeks or so, uh, you get to do a showcase towards the end of the term. It's funny because for our level five, uh, we're supposed to do Harold. And so this is already in 2020. Um, so we were rehearsing um, regularly for the showcase. And um, our showcase was uh, scheduled on March 15. And mm. I, I think two days before, <laughs> the, our, um, our government announced that everything will be on lockdown on March 15. Mm. So what the heck? Right on the same day that we were supposed to do a show. <laughs> <laughs> and so we did everything for Level 5 except for the showcase. But all the classes and rehearsals were there except for the actual show. <laughs> So we weren't able to do that anymore. <laughs> so when the lockdown happened, the pandemic had hit, you were due to do a show. I imagine you were sort of pretty devastated about that at the time. How long was it before you got involved in online improv? And how did you go about that? F finding the different classes and things online? It's funny because when I think back at that moment, I, I think, what would that year be like if we didn't have social media? Mm. I mean, it's a good thing that there's social media, there's Facebook, there's YouTube, there's Zoom uh, during the time that this uh, world situation happened. So after our graduation, which happened online, but we didn't do a show, <laughs> but we still graduated online. Okay. Our, we had digital certificates <laughs> handed <laughs> to us online. It was shown on screen during a show that is online so graduation show so i said what do i do now i've been enjoying improv so much ever since i took a class i've been either watching a show every week or performing or taking classes until that time that that the lockdown was announced so what do i do now um i have this skill i have this joy how do i continue so i started searching a few maybe two months after the lockdown okay i started searching for what is there that i can find about improv any classes that i can take i've never done online classes before what's going on with improv in with the improv world i actually didn't know that how improv existed in other countries or who people are in improv until i started searching and when I did started searching, that's when I found about, um, first of all, the zigzag jam, which I first saw you in, if <laughs> <laughs> uh, you remember. And um, also I found out about the audition of a Queen City Comedy for a team. So that's the first time that I actually ever auditioned um, for, for anything, <laughs> uh, for the Queen City team. And I auditioned for an improv team. So, that's it. And then I discovered so many other things, um, so many other teams being formed, so many other classes being um, conducted, and I participated in whatever improv thing that I can. And with you being in the Philippines, I know that took a lot of dedication because the... the... A lot of stuff that you were doing was from like the other side of the world where their evening was your very early morning or very late night. So just talk us through what it was like sort of in terms of your sleep pattern and things like that, trying to be involved in everything. It's a good thing there is, that there is a multivitamin called stress test <laughs> in the Philippines. So 
even though I sleep like a few hours when I whenever I take that multivitamins, I feel like I've slept for eight hours. But anyway, so I try to manage um, being able to join, even if it's wee hours, because of course everybody can't adjust to my schedule, so I need to adjust <laughs> and to to everybody else's schedule. So even if it's like two a.m., sometimes I find. I open my Zoom and I attend either a jam or a class. I would find Jay also in that Zoom. <laughs> like, hey, you're also here. You're in the UK. It's like it feels like this is our way of traveling during that time, <laughs> being able to meet people online, being able to meet people from other the other side of the world. So um, sometimes I would. There were even um, uh, weekends where and I'd perform like three four or five times in that span of between friday to the sunday that that's how busy it became and it filled up my my time and it gave me something to look forward to so whenever i look back at the past the first two years of that situation i was look look back at my improv journey rather than the world situation <laughs> yeah it really gave me something to be positive about it is a weird thing because of improv online like the pandemic was a really positive experience for me like i know it was a terrible time in the world and lots of people went through lots of, of terrible things but for me i was improvising pretty much every day i was interacting with people all over the world making connections like people like you like I would, we would never would have connected if it wasn't for this and obviously I met Seki in that time and my life has been forever changed for the better for that. And my improv troupe, the Oikas, are formed through the pandemic and we're still together and we regularly sort of uh, practice online, but then we'll do shows in person and stuff. So all of these wonderful things came from that terrible time in the world. And I think that's pretty much, that's, that's how things evolve, you know, as people, we just learn to make the best of a bad situation. Exactly. And um, it's, it's like, I've been always saying this, it's improv is like the silver lining from from year 2020, 2021. It's a silver lining. It's something, it's a source of joy for a lot of people. And um, it's, it really, um, it really made things lighter uh, for me. Sometimes uh, during the height of the lockdown, I, I would have moments where in like, I would have sudden, like, I would feel so lonesome suddenly, like while eating my lunch and suddenly I take a pause and be, and be a little melodramatic about things. And then suddenly I look at my calendar. Okay. I have this zoom meeting, uh, this improv thing a few hours from now. And so, um, things become okay. And then when I log on and I see people smiling and people connecting with each other and talking, it, it just lights up my day and it makes my day. Awesome. So I just want to go back. You, you said that you were doing Toastmasters and you were trying to improve your public speaking skills. Now I've seen you improvise and I can't imagine that you would ever need to improve your public speaking skills. So what was going on at sort of that period in your life, which made you think, Hey, this is something that I need to develop. I feel like, um, there's still room for improvement. 
there's always room for improvement and con- learning is continuous. You don't stop. And um, I guess because a friend of mine was was going into it and I wanted to support that friend of mine. Uh-huh. So aside from improving my own self-improvement, I wanted to be in support of my friend and coming into that um, club so that uh, there is support system and there is um, and there is um, company. So that's what happened. And and being able to join that club also led me to coming to improv because if if I didn't join that club yeah. and I wasn't invited by a fellow Toastmaster to watch a show, this would not have happened. I mean, I would not be doing improv right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it has led me to improv. It's a, it's a stepping stone that led led me to this road where I am I am in right now. <laughs> <laughs> so with with the way things are right now and we're back to in-person improv and things what does your sort of improv life look like in the current climate we're doing um the other day we actually had an in-person rehearsal for a new team that actually jay is is um facilitating um jay Villanueva. um so we're planning to have several more rehearsals and do shows in the maybe perhaps next month um it's funny because i remember a show when you when you actually visited here we had a show for another team uh a week before you came (laughs) (laughs) and then a week after you left we had another show scheduled so that was a bummer because i was thinking we could have actually done a show with you when you were here you and you were here so that's a So we're doing um, um, in person. We've actually done several shows as well in the past few months, especially before our um, participation in the in the Vietnam Improv Festival, which happened, oh, yeah. uh, and also last year before the uh, Singapore Improv Festival, we did some performances here in Manila in preparation for that. So, how many people are part of this this team that you're working with? There are more than 10 for the new team. Uh, but for our rehearsals the other day, there were like six of us who were okay. present. And are you doing short form? Are you doing long form? We're doing long form. What's great about um, the, the people that I'm with now is that everybody is into exploring what other long form can we do? Or if there's an existing long form, how can we like tweak it and make it our own? So we are, we are exploring every week and we are getting feedback, like how can we improve this? Any, any opinion? So it's like a collaboration between everybody, um, between all, among all the improvisers on how to improve and polish a format. So it's, it's an exciting period because um, everyone's exploring to do something new. Or, or enhance something that is existing. Do you currently have a favorite format? The um, current format that I'm doing with Queen City Comedy Online, which is the murder mystery format, is something that excites me. <laughs> um, because I, prior to that, I had I had not done or heard about any murder mystery um, for improv. So that was the first time that I got introduced to it and I'm performing it online. And we're still doing it. Um, we have upcoming shows this July, August, and September online. So how does that so format that, work? The murder mystery um, format of, of Queen City is that 
um, there is a a um, victim, and um, the detective comes in and and endows gifts as to what how the scene of the, the the crime of the scene looked like. What were the um, possible evidences that are that were seen, or where is the location that the victim is on? And then everybody everybody comes in and do a scene um, with the with the um, victim when the victim is still alive. And then after that, everybody does a scene with the detective, an interrogation scene. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a scene between the characters, between each other, how they are, their, their dynamics in terms of uh, how they um, uh, are related to each other or how they affect each other or how they are related to the victim. And so prior to the show, somebody is already tagged as the murderer, but nobody knows it except um, Queen City and the person who was tagged. <laughs> <laughs> so the, um, the um, detective um, concludes who the murderer is. And then the last scene will determine whether that is true or not by the actual tagged murderer coming in and and um, performing a scene with the victim how the murder came about okay so with the way you trained and you sort of built up into long form starting with the short form are there still opportunities for you to go and do short form where you are or is that not something that you're interested in now because you're focusing a lot on the long form it's funny because I was actually having a similar conversation uh, the other day, which hey, uh, like before, I was I told him um, I was so scared about long form when I was still studying improv. Oh, I, I think not just me, but most of us in the class. Like oh, I'm not going to do improv, a long form improv. It's too, it's too long. How can you last for 25 or 40 minutes and trying to come up with something and creating something? So I'm going to stick with short form. I'm just going to stay in my lane and maybe do the Herald for the sake of it being a requirement and getting it over with. But you know what? Um, when I did online and I started doing different kinds of long form, like the living room, which we did with um, Queen City, the first team that I was in online and the other teams, I just fell in love with it, with long form. I mean being able to do like um, improv news formats with with the nursery <laughs> um, with uh, there's just so many formats that we were able to do online so it's something that I really enjoy but I don't mind doing short form because it also um, gives balance to it for example when we did a show in in Vietnam our group called Mabuhay Improv um, had a teleserie or telenovela or soap opera format. But prior to jumping into that, we did a little bit of short-form warm-up um, before the, our actual um, run of the long form. So combining both is not, is not bad. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it, it gives balance to the improv show. Yeah, I love both, but I'm, I'm short-form at heart. I'll happily go do long form and have a great time, but I love quick fire trying to find that, that laugh because I love the comedy side of improv and pun games are my thing. They're my favorite thing. 
and just what i found in general especially since sort of the pandemic ended and, and we're going out there putting on live shows i have found short form to be more accessible to people that don't really know what improv is and if you're doing a long form show you'll tend to find that there's a lot more improvisers there in the audience because they know what it is and they know what they're signing up for but short form I, I find it's easier to sort of sell the comedy side of things to people that don't know what improv is and they'll come for the comedy. Absolutely. I mean, that is, um, like it's a, it's a, if you want to, if you want people to come to the door and you open the door, that's the kind of improv that you'd want to, um, invite everybody with. <laughs> <laughs> that's short form. Actually, that's what the first show that I, that I saw was short form. Although they also did a long form in the end they, for the second half of the show. It's a combination. So, but you're right. For somebody who's totally new to improv, it would make sense for them to, to absorb better the short form because it's easier to chew <laughs> rather than the entire long form for, for 25 or 40 minutes. It might be too much for them to swallow. <laughs> so it's good to introduce them to short form first in the beginning. Yeah. I just want to talk about laughter in improv because, you know, we get taught a lot. It's not about the laughs. It's not about trying to find the laughs. It's about sort of living in the moment, being authentic, finding a character, creating a narrative. But at the end of the day, it's often labeled as improv comedy. So I just want to get your thoughts on that. Like, what is your take on sort of the laughter side of things in improv? I think it's part of improv, definitely the laughter and comedy. However, for me, I feel like improv is not just limited to the laughter and comedy. There's also dramatic improv. There's murder and mystery improv. There is um, the comedy uh, of theater sports or comedy sports. There's so many other things that can come from from improv. Um, I, for one, I aside from um, the comedic aspect of it, I also enjoyed um, doing a, a dramatic improv. Um, there was a show that we did before, uh, a duo that was just almost like straight, um, dramatic and serious because that's how we evolved during the scenes. That's how we naturally, um, went into. So because we didn't force comedy into it, it didn't, it didn't become comedic. Although there were moments when there were laughters here and there, but most of the time it was dramatic and serious but it's okay i feel because the shows the the things that performed prior to us and after us were all um comedic so i guess our dramatic segment of that show was uh was a bit refreshing in a way because if everybody's doing comedy every everybody's everybody will feel like they're doing the same thing so that little um segment of drama would is also welcome <laughs> how do you feel about dramatic improv <laughs> <laughs> uh, dramatic improv can be wonderful i i really enjoy it and i like well i like i guess because i'm seen more of a, a short form guy uh, that likes to, the silliness of improv and the laughter um when i go and do something really serious i find it it can be more impactful because it's not necessarily what people are used to from me (laughs) yes and it'll become naturally in a way funny because people weren't expecting you to be that (laughs) yeah so i i do enjoy acting and that is when 
that is when you really get to sort of put your acting to use, isn't it? In a good sort of narrative, dramatic scene, and you're not looking for that joke. Because I think I spend a lot of time doing short form, and my brain is naturally always looking for wordplay. And even when I'm doing like a long dramatic piece, I have to I have to let so much stuff just leave my brain because my brain is always going oh that was a that was a pun you could have said there that was a fun one-liner that they set you up for but i'm like nope it's a serious scene i'm gonna let that slide (laughs) (laughs) i guess when when i think about um i don't need to be funny the funny will come when it comes at the right time that is what helps me become calm in my improv performances because I've received feedback several times either online or in person that I I find that you are very calm when you do improv you're not um, you don't seem nervous you're just a calm improviser so come to think of it maybe it's because of that thinking that I, I'm not pressured to be funny because <laughs> I, I trust that the funny will be there when it's there when it's the right time without forcing it that's my my mindset that made me calm yeah yeah i I get it 100 percent. my thing is in life like when i'm not improvising i am still spouting out puns and one-liners constantly it's just part of who i am i work at a primary school i'm surrounded by children all day uh, and basically anything that they say to me i bounce back to them with some sort of comical remark uh, i just it's just what i'm like if you if you ask seki or anyone else around me that's just how my brain works i just constantly just want to do wordplay and make puns so sometimes i think people might see me in shows and stuff and and think that it's it's forced but it's actually not it's just leaning into what my brain actually does all the time by itself which is perfectly fine i mean that is your gift (laughs) (laughs) Uh, speaking of gifts you have the gift of a wonderful voice as a singer so when when i uh, came with seki and we visited the philippines recently we ended up having a wonderful night out and at a karaoke bar so first of all i have never been into like a karaoke booth room like that i've seen them on tv and in films and stuff uh, but they're not very common uh, around where i live so that was a fascinating experience in itself but then we went in there and there, there was you and like a whole sort of group and you were all phenomenal singers. I was like, wow, this is, this is incredible. Everyone here can really sing. <laughs> Almost everyone. <laughs> That's the, the thing about Philippine culture. Everybody loves to sing and everybody um, has a karaoke at their homes. Before, it used to be, there used to be a lot of bars that had that kind of karaoke experience where you come into rooms private rooms and then do your karaoke we also have um karaoke bars where you sing in on stage and everybody watches you and there's a host that facilitates it so and there's also another karaoke bar wherein there is a comedic host that i don't know if i mentioned this to you but makes fun of you first and then <laughs> lets you sing after five minutes after everybody laughs at you that's part of the, <laughs> the, the, the comedy culture here so those are the three things three types of um, karaoke bars here. But right now, 
the the karaoke bars, especially those that have private rooms, have actually re- been reduced because of the presence of magic sings or magic microphones. So you could actually sing at home or or ca- do karaoke in, a U- in your YouTube and um, hook it up on your television screen. So it has actually reduced. So, so the the one that we we visited when you were here, that's one of the few that are present now. <laughs> <laughs> But um, uh, yes, Philippines are love to sing. That's and are very musically inclined. A lot of people also know how to play the guitar and how to play the piano or in choirs. So majority of Filipino um, really do sing. Either they're good at it, majority are good at, it, or they just love to sing, whether or not they're good. At it. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you actually have training to sing, or was it is it just part of your education over there? Uh, when I was in grade school, I was part of a choir in uh, in school, and so I, I and also in college I was part of a choir for a brief for I think a year each. So that's the only training I actually got. But it's not really formal training. They just teach you to how to sing songs, but not really tell you about notes. It's not too technical. It's like a very casual thing of um, them teaching you how to sing a particular song for a performance either in church or either in a school um, event. Yeah. Okay. But other than that, I actually had no official training. But I was part of a, I'm actually part of a band as well before and now. We do, um, we, we perform every now and then. Oh, wow. Well, a few years ago, I was part of a band that performed in a, in a um, night, in a bar uh, once a week for for a couple of years but i had to to discontinue because it's like we go home at two or three o'clock in the morning (laughs) 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 on our health but now the band that i'm in um, we're able to perform uh for private occasions only and maybe once twice at the most three times a year oh cool yeah it was good to to sort of dip your toes into it every now and again and keep it going Yes, aside from improv, that is actually one of the things that gives me joy, being able to sing either in a band or do karaoke. What was, I think what was... Hey, by the way, oh, yeah. by the way I remember you were, you were rocking it. And <laughs> I mean, you songs that you sang and everybody, the way that you, you brought the house down, everybody in the room was like, whoa! <laughs> you had presence and you had... Um, you're oozing with confidence. Where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. So, yeah, I I have been performing. I guess if if I was to define myself as anything, I would say I am a performer. Like, as a musician, I wouldn't say I'm the most technically gifted. As a singer, I wouldn't say uh, I'm, like, the be- I have the best voice. But I think from a young age, I sort of understood how to perform, how to hold an, an audience. So that's what I, I lean into. I just, I love to perform. I'm not the sort of person that just sings around my house. Like Seki, for example, loves to sing. She sings all the time and she's always playing a ukulele. And sometimes I'll join in and I'll like harmonize with her and things just around the house. But it's not like a go-to thing for me to just sing because I wouldn't say I enjoy singing i enjoy performing like if you give me an audience i'll sing all day long because (laughs) 
I love the buzz of performing to people. So that's something I get from improv as well. But for years and years, it was music that was actually the avenue that I went down and I was in a band or I was doing solo stuff. And that's where I got my buzz. I got my buzz from performing. And, you know, I wasn't that fussed about going into the studio and, and, and singing the song and singing it over and over to get it right. I just loved the organic f- feeling of being on a stage, feeding off the audience. I can actually sing better when as an audience as well. I can reach notes with an audience that I can't reach without an audience. It's weird. Like that I ne- need the adrenaline to flow through me to be able to put on like a good performance. So I'm glad that, um, that you felt that when I was there doing the karaoke stuff. Yes, you were superb. I mean, like, whoa, I was actually telling him whoever I was with, I look, look at you. I mean, so good. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah. I, I, I was just having, having a good time and, and you guys were, were good fun. Also, I, I was, I was genuinely like blown away by all of you because a karaoke experience here in the UK is generally not that fun because it's, it's always been for me, the ones where it's on a big stage and it tends to be just a lot of drunk people that can't really (laughs) sing. And it's, it's kind of a terrible experience for the ears. And then every now and again, you'll get like one or two good singers that can really sort of bring the house down but with you guys it was just like every single time you, any of you did a song you just all knocked it out of the park i was like wow these these guys are just just banger after banger after banger they are all like phenomenal singers and they all know what songs suit their voice and just fill the room with like just magic it was great it's funny because when you are singing and um you're singing to fellow Filipinos, it's like there's no reaction at all because everybody, I think, is so used to hearing people sing in tune or or belt it out. So, like, whenever I I'm able to sing with um with non-Filipinos, I get comments like, "Whoa, wow, wonderful, fantastic." So, I I feel more appreciated when <laughs> when that happens because maybe it's uncommon for them, but here, like you are singing at the top of your lungs and after you sing, like everybody's just doing their own thing. Drinking. (laughs) (laughs) What I did, I just, whoa, hit that note right there. And then everybody's just, um, I want to order some more. (laughs) (laughs) I think probably the song choices I was choosing were probably different to what you guys were used to as well. So maybe that made it stand out a bit because I was uh, picking songs that, when in the repertoire of others as a matter of fact the songs that you chose under pressure and um what's the other one uh, um, i did from I now in- on from the greatest showman yeah i i well uh, under pressure is what part of a repertoire in the okay. band that i'm in we performed that before and from now on is a song that i was able to take part in online because they had a broadway project online in 2020 so they had people from different places come together and then lend their vocals to this track. So it's something familiar. I actually wanted to sing with you, but I said, no, I want to hear you more. That <laughs> 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 we're familiar with from now on. And, and Hey Jude, that's, that's a classic here. Beatles songs are like a staple here. 
Yeah, Hey Jude actually holds kind of a special place in my heart because when I was in college, so I was about 17 at this time, we we put on a show at the end of, of the year. Uh, the show was called Bandemonium. It was like while the lecturers that I had were sort of the lecturers at, at the college, they had this long-running thing of at the end of the year, they'd put on a show called Bandemonium and they'd give all of the people on the course an opportunity to perform. Lots of us would perform in different connotations of bands made up of of the people on the course. And there were a couple of songs that basically the whole class got to perform together. And Hey Jude was one of those songs and it was like a big closing song. And I was chosen to lead the the vocals on it. I, I sung it with another another person who just sung she just sung one verse but then the rest of it was me leading the vocals but it was it was everyone that was on my course it was everyone on the course below us all together in this big band and it was like i had been singing for quite consistently from the age of about 14 i was in bands and things but i it was that song i did that song and i did I think a Rolling Stone song and Don't Stop Me Now by Queen in that show where I was just given sort of the lead vocals and it was the show when I really felt I discovered my voice. Like I used to sing quite nasally sort of through my nose uh, but when I was learning to sing Hey Jude and things and really sort of push myself I learned oh yeah that's what my voice is that's what I've been searching for so Hey Jude holds a special place in my heart because it is a song that really helped to help me find my voice. Wow. And you did find your voice because when you also sang the ad part of that, na, 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 you were killing it with the ad lip. So I was singing along with Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Just pick up a mic and join in. Uh, and there definitely will be a next time because now now I've been and seen how wonderful the Philippines is. Um, yeah, Seki and I, uh, you know, Seki loved going home and I loved uh, experiencing it. And I know there's lots more to experience, so we will definitely be coming back out there at some point. And we look forward to your next visit. And maybe next time you'll be able to try Balut. Embryo. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Do you want to just explain what Balut is to people? <laughs> It's a duck embryo, uh, so it's an egg, a duck embryo that is uh, steamed. So usually, you you open it up, uh, shell. You open up the shell, the top, top part of it, and then you put vinegar. So it's uh, soupy. So you drink the soup, and then what you see there is some um, duck embryo parts. <laughs> so of course, it's not appealing to eat it, but it's absolutely a delicacy in the Philippines and in, I think, a couple of more Southeast Asian countries like Vietnam. Um, so I actually don't eat it as well. I tried it <laughs> once, but I only ate the, the soft part, but I took away the, the parts that are not pleasant to look at. <laughs> <laughs> I only tried it so that I can say that I tried it, but I haven't actually eaten it after that. <laughs> do you know people that do enjoy eating it? Absolutely. There are a lot of people I know who enjoy eating it. It's actually good for your stamina and um, it's very healthy. It's a very healthy food. Oh, 
Interesting. <laughs> it sounds. <laughs> anyone that sort of recommended it to me did it with like a little glint in their eye as if to say like I know that you're going to hate it <laughs> who knows you might love it when you try it you haven't tried it tried it yet so <laughs> yeah you can't just um, soft hard boiled egg if you close your eyes okay <laughs> hard boiled egg it's like um, hard boiled, soft hard boiled egg with chicken soup. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess I, I, I said something yesterday to someone. I said you can't you can't deny it till you try it, and uh, yes. so I, I guess that also fits with this situation. <laughs> right. Um, I just want to get back to improv just before we finish and just find out sort of what you're focused on right now and in the immediate future and where people might be able to, to see you perform or join with you, anything you're doing online? Well, we are all here are looking forward to the upcoming Manila Improv Festival happening this September. So applications have been sent to the organizers. Uh, so it's just a matter of um, uh, determining which teams will be um, allowed to to perform during the festival because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of teams who applied to perform. So it's a matter of really just um, coming up with a good mix of teams. Uh, so that's something that we're looking forward to um, this September and also the upcoming shows that we're planning um, in July and August for uh, Mabuhay, Improv for Grace Box, for the Laron Project, and for the new team that we're in. Awesome. And also we have uh, um, online shows with Queen City Comedy uh, in the next couple of months for the murder mystery format. So people can just check out the Queen City Comedy website and all the information will be on there for the shows? Yes. And awesome. I think there's also a page for for the horrible friends of mine that's the name of our team horrible friends of mine <laughs> isn't that a great name? that is a great or is name. it horrible <laughs> <laughs> it's horribly wonderful or wonderfully horrible one of the two <laughs> we also have a, a theme song in case you know if you watch one of our past shows you'll be able to hear the the theme song that was um composed by one of our team members <laughs> oh wow uh, actually original theme tune that's cool original uh, and if people wanted to connect with you online how could they connect where could they find you well my um facebook is george of the mountains that's j-o-r-g-e off and then the mountains and same for instagram in case people want to collaborate or just simply connect for whatever reason i'm interested to know where the name george of the mountains came from Oh, that's a good question because I actually am not a very sociable person before. When I was young, I, I was very shy and timid. But as I grew older, I became more confident and became more sociable. So one of the things that I've been doing before, um, years ago, maybe in 20, started in 2011, is I started climbing mountains. I started loving the outdoors, which I didn't love before because I didn't like to be, to have soil on my um, shoes and be wet in the rain and be sweaty, but I started doing outdoors and I enjoyed it. I started climbing mountains in the Philippines. And so 
we took photos while we were hiking. We took photos while we were in the summit. And and my my friends were saying, when will we ever see the photos that you're taking? Or aren't you interested in seeing the photos that we took of you? They were so great, the photos that we have of you in our phones. So that's one of my friends really urged me to come up with a, um, a Facebook account. <laughs> and so I did. <laughs> and that's as an homage to my love for hiking in the mountains, I made my Facebook account George of the Mountains because I felt that that is where I belonged during that time and until now. But maybe if during that time I, I was introduced to improv first, I would have called myself George of the Improv World. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a wonderful presence in the improv world and I really appreciate you coming on and having this chat today. It is my pleasure, seriously. <laughs> so thank you very much it, it has been a real treat thank you Ian <laughs> see you soon well there we go that was a fantastic chat thank you so much to George for coming on and having this chat he is genuinely just the sweetest nicest guy you could ever meet and a fantastic improviser and I really appreciate him finding the time in his schedule to come on the show and you know that could be you as well if you're listening and you think hey I'd like to come on and have a chat then you can do that you can contact me you can contact Emma Bird and you can come on tell us your story I'm still doing the A to Z of improv you can come on and talk about one of of the letters of the alphabet and all of the things surrounding it if you don't want to just talk about yourself or if you're a past guest that you want to come back on then you can I've actually been speaking to a few people about getting them back on so I'm excited about all of the, the re-guests that we're going to have on talking about different things just last night so I am recording this on the 17th of June 2023 and last night on the 16th of June I had the pleasure of going to a fantastic workshop with Brian Palermo which was arranged by Liverpool Comedy Improv and it was a three hour workshop focusing on character now I love character so it's totally in my wheelhouse and you know Brian, I think, has 34 years experience of improv working at the Groundlings in America. And that is a great institution where many, many incredible actors have, have, have come through their system. People like Kristen Wiig, Will Ferrell, Melissa McCarthy. So just to be in that session with Brian, did some stuff with him online through LCI during the pandemic, which Emma arranged. And then just to have it in person and get his input and his insight and it, it, it was a proper workshop, you know. It wasn't a, a turn up and just do loads of scenes. It was, here is here is why we do this. This is, this is a very specific skill. This is how you do it. This is why we do it. And it was broken up into short little spurts of doing things, then hitting us with the why. And then we'd get to do little, little scenes and we'd get the, the critiques and things. So just hearing that from such a talented uh, improv teacher, it, it was a really great experience. So big thank you to Emma and LCI for organizing that. And if you're interested in, you know, what else LCI has to offer, I know starting on the 
3rd of June, which is the very week this podcast is going out. There is a new long form course starting. I believe there's one or two spots uh, that have opened up on that. So if you're listening and you think, oh, yeah, actually, that's something I want to try. Go to the Liverpool Comedy Improv website and you'll find the course information on there. And of course, there is a drop in that happens every Monday and all the information and, and the booking details for that can be found on www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk If you want to just find out about the show, listen back to previous episodes, then you can follow us on Facebook and just look for Liverpool Comedy Improvcast on Facebook. You'll find us there. And Liverpool Comedy Improv in general is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search for at Live Comedy Improv and you'll find everything you need to know there. If you're a member of the LCI community, as I've already said, and you want to be a guest on the show and you're not sure what to do, you can just contact Emma directly or you can find me on social media i'll explain how to do that soon and just just reach out to me and i would love to to have you on the show i'd love to improvise with you as well if you if you sat there and thinking oh i, I want to do more improv then um on a on a friday night every other friday glossop improv does online improv sessions they're free you can contact me i can give you the link and you can just come on and have a bit of fun every other friday night there's some familiar faces there lots of lci alumni come along to, to those sessions and sometimes i run games uh, a lot of the times seki sort of keeps keeps the boat afloat and captains the ship but it's just a great way to unwind every other friday so it would be great if yeah if you're thinking oh, i want to try a bit of online improv i spoke to an improviser last night she's very new to improv she only started in april i tried to explain the joys of online improv and she just wasn't having any of it but i said hey uh, you, you gotta try it before you deny it and uh, she still didn't uh, seem keen but I'm still banging that drum. Online improv is still a really fun thing and there's still lots of opportunities out there. As George said, hey, maybe you want to go and do more than just drop in. Go to Queen City Comedy and check out all of their amazing courses and link up with people from all over the world and do incredible things. There's so much improv out there and I just want you to experience it all and just the people in it and have a great time. That pretty much brings this week's episode to a close. Lots more stuff coming up over the next few weeks. I'm still kind of playing catch-up, to be honest, uh, the last few weeks with the, me having COVID and just generally sort of busy with work things and stuff. I haven't been as ahead of the game as I normally am with the podcast, but still having a great time doing it and, and getting the shows out and I'm still managing to keep on top of the schedule just about. So I don't know what the next episode will be but I know that there's some great stuff coming uh, just before we go if you are listening on Apple or Spotify then please leave us a 5 star rating write us a positive review because there's little things like that that really do help to boost the show and get our name out there if you're interested in following me on social media in any way shape or form you can find me at um, Ian Luke Jones on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. I'm on most things. It's just at Ian Luke Jones. And very soon uh, there will be uh, IanLukeJones.com for you to go to as well, where you're your one stop shop for all things me. 
Uh, uh, right, that's enough of my rambling. As always, a massive thank you to George. Really enjoyed that chat. Hope you all enjoyed listening. But before I go, here are some words that are wise, wise, wise. Always remember, whatever the situation, to treat life like improv. And yes, and...